Um, I'm going to start with a share um, and share a story that um, happened at 10.8 this year, which is the student missions week that happened at the end of May. Um, this is a story about a homeless man called John. And two months ago, John in Edinburgh was kicked out of his home by his wife. He had to leave his family. Um, he did have a job and a home and a family, and he had to leave all that behind. He's now on the streets with no food, um, with a lack of hope, and life is just lonely. And to make a bit of money, John um, plays his guitar on the streets. He carries it around in a bin bag with him. And one day he went to the Salvation Army to ask for some help. And while he was there, he spoke to a volunteer. And the volunteer saw he had a guitar, so he, she asked, would you be able to play Amazing Grace? And John didn't, he didn't know the song, but he said he'd learn it and perform it for them. So on the 27th of May, John was walking the streets of Edinburgh, and this song just came back into his head again. And he started thinking about what it meant, and he didn't really understand the meaning of it. And at that point, a girl handed him um, a flyer to a feast, and it, was, it just said, all welcome, free food. So he's like, great, I'm going to go and check this out. And on the way into Central Hall, um, John met a guy called Ian. And Ian had been on a 10-8 week all week. And John started talking to Ian and talking to him about a situation that had just passed. And um, Ian started to just explain what the words of that Amazing Grace song were. And they kept talking, and Ian shared the gospel with John. Um, and John was amazed to hear about this hope that was Jesus. Um, and uh, John prayed for his family. And amazingly, John's last words to Ian were, would God have his way in my life? Would it not be my way anymore? Would it be God's way? And that is a story um, of somebody who has gone from complete hopelessness to be brought into the eternal hope of Jesus Christ. And this is the God we believe in. And this is the God who turns lives around that we're going to hopefully learn more about today. So we're going to um, next look at um, the prophet of Isaiah and his calling to go to the hopeless and share Jesus, our eternal hope. So let's read um, Isaiah 6 together. This is Isaiah's commission or calling. In the, in, in the year that the king Eraser died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on the throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple, and above him there were seraphim, each with six wings, and two, with the two wings they covered their faces, and with two their feet. And they were flying around and calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, God Almighty, the earth is filled with his glory. At that sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, for I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips. I live among the people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the Lord, the King Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken the tongues from the altar, and he touched it with my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt has been taken away, and your sin has been atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Whom shall go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. He said, Go and tell the people this. Be ever hearing, 
but never understanding. Be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people callous. May their ears dull and their closed eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said to the Lord, How long for? And he answered, Until the cities lie ruined without inhabitant, until the houses are left deserted, until the fields are ruined and ravaged, and the Lord has sent everybody far away, and the land is utterly forsaken. And though the tenth remains in the land, it will again be laid waste. But as the terebinth and the oak leave stumps when they are cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. So today we're looking at Isaiah. He was um, one of the first major prophets and the book reveals um, the full measure of God's judgment on his rebellious people and takes us through to see God's compassion and his redemption on his people. And Isaiah was one of the greatest writing prophets. He had some of the most amazing um, prophecies of the Messiah to come. The book starts with a message of judgment and we see Isaiah cry out to his people in the north and the south kingdoms of Israel to turn from their wrongdoing. He says, wash yourselves clean, make yourselves clean. And then we move through to a message of comfort. And this is of a return and restoration. So it's putting to death all the bad things in Babylon and returning to, and God bringing new life through them, the hope that is the Messiah to come. And then the final part of Isaiah, we have the message of hope. And this is Isaiah writing about the, the um, incredible hope of the new earth and the new, new heavens and the new earth to come. And he says, For behold, I create the new heavens and new earth. The former things will not be remembered or come to mind. So we have a book that goes from judgment and to salvation to hopelessness, to the hope of what is to come, which is Jesus. And in this, in this passage, we see Isaiah has this divine, amazing divine encounter with God. He sees God seated on the throne. The room is filled with smoke. The temple's filled with smoke. And as he sees um, the weight of God's glory, the, the doorpost and the threshold shake in his sight. And as, as he's aware of this huge weight of glory, he's also aware of the weight of his sin. And he cries out, I am a man of unclean lips. And then this follows Isaiah's wholehearted obedience to take up his calling when God says, who shall I send? And Isaiah says, send me. So what can we learn from the calling of Isaiah? And how does it apply to the calling that God has on your life? So the first thing we're going to look at today is taking hold of your calling. Isaiah says, that Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who shall go for us? And Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Isaiah was called by God, you are called by God. And we were called the day that we accepted Jesus into our lives. That's when our calling began with him. That's when our commissioning began. It's God's seal of ownership on our lives. Um, eternal inheritance promised for us. Um, for me, uh, this was, wasn't a particularly dramatic moment. I was seven and I just remember sitting in, in bed and just asking God that he would become Lord of my life. But from that moment onwards, that was the calling on my life. And for some, for some had more divine experiences like Isaiah, 
Um, for my dad, he was 17 and he was sitting doing his maths homework at home. And he's not particularly from a family who kind of really knows God. Um, but suddenly when he was doing his maths homework, this huge bright light came into his room and he, he just sensed the Holy Spirit on him. And from that moment, he knew that it was God. And he, at that point, asked Jesus to begin, to ask Jesus, sorry, to be the center of his life. So those are experiences of calling. That, that what we experience in Isaiah is we zoom into a specific time and place when Isaiah is called. And it's really important to remember that actually calling has this dynamic and evolving um, nature in our lives because it's about our walk and our journey with Jesus. And there's two verses that I've kind of hold, held on to when I talk about and think about calling and pray to God about it. And the first one is from Acts 1, and it says, For it is not for you to know the dates or the times the Father has set by his own authority. And this helps me trust God in the waiting. This helps me trust God when he works quickly, because he does it in both ways. And because I'm trusting that his timing is in with his authority. And the second verse is from Isaiah, and it says, What he shall open, no one shall shut. And what he shall shut, no one shall open. And this is the idea that actually God is in complete control of our lives. He opens the doors that he wants to open and he will firmly shut the doors that we shouldn't go through. That helps me yeah, understand that actually God is in authority within the calling he's put on my life and he's also completely in control with it as well. So it's clear that we've been called, like Isaiah was, that we need to take hold of our calling from God. And it's also clear that we're called with a warning, as Isaiah was called also with a warning. God says to Isaiah, they will keep on hearing, but they will not understand. And they will keep on seeing, but they will not perceive. God has, um, God has warned Isaiah that the message that he is going to bring to the people no one will want to hear, and no one will want to understand. That this word of hope that Isaiah has is going to be ignored by the people. And many of us can relate to this on our own lives, feeling surrounded by people who have closed eyes, to have deaf ears to what we're trying to say to them. Maybe you've tried to share Jesus with somebody before and they just have really struggled to kind of understand what it means. Maybe you've explained it to people and actually they've just been really apathetic towards um, what you said to them. They just don't really care. And Isaiah asks God when the Lord says to him these things, he says, how long, Lord, for how long will they not listen? How long will this suffering continue? And, and God answers Isaiah with a response that I'm sure Isaiah wasn't really wanting to hear. God says, until the cities lie ruined without inhabitants, until the houses are left deserted, until the fields are ruined and ravaged, until the Lord has sent everybody away, until the land is utterly forsaken, until your people are in complete ruin, until there is chaos and heartache and brokenness and pain and suffering. God describes um, the state of the people like the land deserted, ravaged, ruined, and utterly forsaken. This week in our news, uh, West Virginia experienced severe flooding which have left people without homes. 
and California has had wildfires that have led to deaths. There's been a large explosion in Somalia, which has been an intentional attack, and violent <coughs> protests in South Africa, and clashes with the police in Mexico City, and the war in Iraq and the Middle East still rages. And every week we have new stories and we say to God, how long for? How long, Lord, will this homelessness last? Will there be violence? Relentless stories of suffering and painful loss. How long, Lord? And he says to Isaiah, until there is nothing left but stumps. What was Isaiah's response to God at this point? Well, he listens to God and he hears what God has to say. And all the way through Isaiah, the Lord says, Do not fear. Do not let your heart be faint. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Do not be afraid. Do not be put to shame. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. After Isaiah's call with a warning, he didn't give up. Um, he didn't change what he had to say, but he kept on doing what God wanted him to do. And the question is, are we hearing what God wants to say to us today? Are we listening to the promises that he has over our lives? So Isaiah is he's called with a warning, um, as we are called with a warning. Why was he able to stand, to stay um, firm and obedient in this warning of real hardship. Well, Isaiah was called to bring the eternal hope, and that's the same calling that God has on our lives, to bring eternal hope. The Lord says, the country will look like pine and oak forest, with every tree cut down, with every tree a stump but with a whole field of stumps, but there is holy seed in those stumps. And this holy seed described at the end of Isaiah 6 is um, described like God's remnant people, sorry, the remnant of God's faithful people, but it also describes the hope that is to come, which is Jesus Christ. The hope that Isaiah carried did not waver. He carried the hope to bring that the Messiah was coming, and the hope that you have does not waver, that the Messiah has come. That's the hope we have to bring to people. That Jesus has come, that the eternal hope has come to us. It says, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. My covenant of peace will not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on your life. It says, though we will not fear, sorry, though we will not fear the earth give way or the mountains quake in their surging. When the mountains quake in our lives, there is still hope. We still have this eternal hope. When there is stumps, when there is nothing left, when there is hopelessness and loss, we still hold on to this eternal hope, which is Jesus Christ. That's the message that Isaiah had. He held on to this eternal hope, which is what which was to come, which was Jesus Christ. That was Isaiah's main call. It's our main call to hold on to the fact that we have this eternal hope to bring to people. 
And in Isaiah 41, it says, The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. And their tongues are parched with thirst. But I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. And I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into spring so that people may know and hear and consider what the hand of the Lord has done. And in the gospel, we hear a story of a poor and thirsty woman. She lies at the bottom of the pack of society and she's hopeless like John, the homeless man that we met. And she's traveling in the scorching heat of day to try and get some water and she's ashamed to come across anybody as she walks. And Jesus meets her at the well with a woman thirsty and downtrodden and dry in hope. She tried to find hope in the world. She had harmful relationships, but she knew that that wasn't where she was going to find hope. And Jesus says to the woman, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I will give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water that I give them will become like the spring of water welling up to bring eternal life. Jesus turns the desert pools, desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs so that people may know and understand and consider. He is the one who brings eternal hope to us. He's the one who brought eternal hope to this woman who tried to find hope in the world's ways. He's the one who brought hope. And though the mountains shake and though everything feels like it's lost, we have eternal life. We have Jesus to give to people, to all who are thirsty. Where it looks like there is no hope, there is still eternal life. Isaiah had this message to bring to the people that the Messiah was coming. We have the message to bring that Jesus is here and he is eternal life to all. We have this living water to share with the hopeless. And this is our main calling from God. This is what he has asked us to, to bring, this everlasting, steadfast hope, which is Jesus Christ. And Hebrews 6.19 says, We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Jesus brought eternal hope to this woman. And God is calling you to bring eternal hope to the lost and the broken and the hopeless. In your workplace, in your home, with your friends, during your commute, on the school run, at the gym, in your street, in your city, your call from God is to bring eternal hope, which is Jesus Christ, to them. Okay. I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have this eternal hope, this steadfast hope that will never be shaken, that will never be removed from our lives. We thank you that we have Jesus, the eternal hope. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us um, as we share that with the people around us, God. Would you give us boldness as we do this? 
Lord, we pray for those this morning who are feeling hopeless, God. Yeah, we ask, Lord, that um, you would bring your eternal hope to them. We ask for more stories like John, God. And would you use us, Lord? Would you use us in this way?